0: A bullet even came through that broken glass, whizzed past my temple, and went out through the front windscreen.
1: But if an attack happens while we're in the middle of a surgery, we can't just run, and our lives are in danger every second.
2: On the front lines of conflict in Kaya and Southern Shan State, countless lives are being saved by medical teams. But as conflict intensifies in these areas, The lives of the medics are increasingly at risk. Hello and welcome to Do'athan, a weekly podcast that brings you human rights stories from Myanmar. It's brought to you by Fondation Hirondelle. For this episode, the reporter is Do'athan freelance journalist Myoset Lathor. Names may have been changed to protect contributors.
0: There was this non-stop heavy shelling going on. It was so bad that it actually shattered the rear windscreen of my car. A bullet even came through that broken glass, whizzed past my temple and went out through the front windscreen. It was way too close.
2: On April 26, there was heavy fighting in the wine district of Mobye. And Gomio Aung was there with his Mobier medical rescue team. They were there to treat any casualties, at extreme risk to their own safety. But this has become the norm for them and other frontline medical groups. Gomio Aung used to be a farmer. He grew up in Pecon Township, southern Shan State. After the military coup in February 2021, he joined the Mobier Protest Committee. The medical team emerged from that during a situation in May
0: 2021. We started rescuing people right in the middle of the capture and hold battle at Mobi police station. We had collected some medicine during the protests, you know, just in case anyone got hurt. We got cracked down on by the authorities twice for protesting. So with the medicine we had gathered, we began our rescue work. This all started at Mobi police station. Unfortunately, we couldn't manage to rescue one of our protest committee members because he was in a big open field. And sadly, we lost him.
2: The Mobie team includes medics who joined the Civil Disobedience Movement, or CDM, but also ordinary people like Gomio Aung, who got basic emergency medical training. The team operates in Kaya and southern Shan states, both of which have seen intensifying conflict in recent months between the Myanmar military and resistance forces. The Progressive Kareni People Force reported in August that there were 388 airstrikes in Kaya in just the first six months of 2023. That's more than double the number in the two previous years. ISP Myanmar figures suggest that from January to July this year there were almost 250 ground clashes between the military and ethnic or resistance forces in Kaya and Shan states. That's more than a fifth of the national total. This is a strategic location. Mobye, next door to the Kaya state capital Loikor, is only 100 kilometers from Naypyidaw. Another day, another battle, this time Town Salon, northwest of Montpellier, also in Pecon Township. It's a bloody scene. Injured people are spread across a tarpaulin sheet. Someone's holding a transfusion kit, and Dr. Oak and his team are focusing on saving a KNDF fighter with wounds to the head, stomach and arm. The soldier was transferred to a hospital in time, and he lived to fight another day. Dr. Oak's Whizzer medical team had to treat 16 frontline casualties that day from a combination of resistance forces. The Whizzer team was formed in September 2022 from young CDM medics, including Dr. Oak, who's in his 30s. They provide treatment to local villagers as well as IDPs in the area, but when fighting breaks out, they prioritise the needs of frontline soldiers. Since they started, they've treated over 100 patients on the front lines of Kaya and southern Shan State, including at least 40 who were critically injured and 10 who needed amputations. Dr. Oak remembers one of his most difficult cases, a PDF fighter with severe stomach wounds from a heavy artillery hit, who was brought to him with no blood pressure. He needed immediate surgery.
1: The shrapnel had pierced his liver, kidney, and even reached the back of his ribs. We stitched up his liver and removed the shrapnel along with one of his kidneys. Blood transfusions were constant throughout the operation. His blood pressure didn't rise, even after 40 minutes in the operating room. The surgery took four and a half hours. When it concluded, his blood pressure stabilized at 100 over 70, and he was able to urinate. If I hadn't performed surgery on him, he wouldn't have made it. His odds were pretty slim. If I had let him go, he would have surely died. In the end, I managed to save his life.
2: Dr. Oak says the team is always on edge due to the constant threat of heavy artillery shelling and aerial bombings. Sometimes they have to move patients while performing treatments.
1: In some battles, artillery strikes hit near us. Sometimes we move because bomb fragments land nearby. And then there's the ever-present fear of airstrikes. When we hear jets, we rush to find cover or flee. But if an attack happens while we're in the middle of a surgery, we can't just run and our lives are in danger every second. Being right there on the front lines means we're always living dangerously. We've got to keep a constant eye out for both airstrikes and heavy artillery.
2: Since April, at least five medics have been killed in this region. On April 7th, one nurse from Gomyo Aung's team lost her life during an aerial attack near Tang Salon. And on May 27th, four members of the Demoso Medical Unit died when fighter jets bombed Latayn Village, near Tal The Geneva Conventions demand that the wounded and sick should be protected, and that no medical units or personnel should be attacked under any circumstances. But across Myanmar, Insecurity Insight has documented an increase in these sorts of incidents. In 2022, it reported 46 attacks on medical facilities and 27 health workers killed. In the first seven months of 2023 alone, there were 73 attacks on health facilities and 24 medical personnel have already died. To give some basic protection, the medics wear helmets and bulletproof vests when they go to the front lines and they dig bomb shelter pits around where they stay. They're constantly on the move. These medical teams are not just risking their lives, they're also facing a battle to fund their operations. Most importantly, they need fuel to get to casualties on the front lines, and they need medical supplies to carry out their work. The Military Council has banned the import of supplies such as medicines, fuel, food and other goods into Kayar State. Dr. Oakes says this means prices go up and dangerous journeys are necessary in order to get supplies.
1: Some medicines are not just pricey, but also are rare or controlled, so buying them is not possible. But we still need them for surgeries on the front line. The routes we use to get these supplies can be crazy tight and dangerous, making the cost of those medicines shoot up even more. And more patients means more expenses. Mostly we bring our own medicine to the front line.
2: Members of the WIZA team generally reach out to their close friends requesting donations. Sometimes they get medicine supplies from health personnel at the Kareni State Consultative Council. But there are also living expenses to face food and lodging. They can't live in hospitals or clinics, which are targeted by the Myanmar military forces. But despite all the difficulties and dangers, Gomyo Aung and his team remain committed to doing their work.
0: Just the other day, those jets came and fired shots at us. They dropped 10 bombs all at once. No one got hurt, but man, we're all dealing with some serious trauma right now. Safety is our top concern these days. You know, whenever those jets show up, it's like a collective shock wave hits us. But we are pushing through this. Yeah, every little noise gets us thinking that it's the jets again, and we're in full panic mode. But we're not giving up. We're stepping up our efforts.
2: Dr. Oak moved from another part of the country to do this work, and he left family behind. Before the coup, he had a comfortable job in a hospital. But he has no time for regrets or dreams.
1: I'm going to keep tending to my patients. Honestly, it's the only thing I know how to do right now. Unless this revolution takes me out, I'm sticking with my work. This might not end in victory, but deep down, I've got this unwavering belief that we're going to pull through. I'm not backing down. I'll keep fighting till my last breath. If I'm the last one standing, I'll swap my stethoscope for a gun if I have to. Yeah, that's how I'll go down.
2: Thanks for listening to this edition of Dota Fan. We would welcome your feedback on social media. This project on human rights reporting is supported by Fondacion Hirondelle with the help of our donors. You can listen to our podcast via the @athan Facebook page. They can also be found on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. You can also listen every Saturday night from 9 to 10 p.m. and Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on Voice of America radio. Please tune in again next week.